0: If you have a guy with a file and he's up here in the air, right, with the piece part in the left hand and the file in the right hand, and he's in the air filing the part, this guy doesn't know what the heck
1: he's doing, right? That's awesome. It's true. It's
2: true. (laughs) But now Titan would say it's different.
1: (laughs) What if he actually thinks about the fine details and he actually learns how to program the machine and he goes into every crevice, hole, and cavity and uses lollipop cutters and different cutters to actually deburr everything in the machine so he actually never has to follow anywhere. Now that would be awesome. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: but they didn't even
3: have those cutters when uh, yeah, Richard Carr was yeah. interviewing these yeah. guys. Uh, exactly. <laughs> was he
2: smoking a cigarette while he was no, my you dad know, never, giving him my that No, my dad challenge? never smoked.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, great. That so, was
2: you, right? Just had to say that.
0: Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined by my two legacy Co hosts, <laughs> Mr. Jason Jay Zinger and Mr. Nick N. G. Goldner. And now. This is part two, my new friend Titan Gilroy. Yeah. yeah. NG so, doesn't wh- come
2: off as, as good as Jay-Z, though. It does no, not come Jay- off as good <laughs> as no Jay-Z. Rapper named NG. <laughs> yeah, but I was Jay-Z before, what is it, Sean Carter became Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I was the original. And now yeah. right. so it the... feels
0: good. This is part two. We just had a great conversation yeah, what's that with sound Titan. in the background. We're sitting in Titans of CNC, new manufacturing shop here in Grapevine, Texas feels good. I love the smell. I love what I see. It's like a studio. I feel like I'm at home.
2: Yeah. It's like a studio. It's like a showroom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So
3: here, real chips being made.
0: Yeah.
2: So you guys stop yapping so that we can get Titan to talk. Yeah.
3: Okay. So we're going to pick up where we left off and where did we leave off? We were talking about his story. I feel like we're getting to the Academy. Yeah. His story all the way up until now, what is Titans of CNC? Before it was, what was Titan? All about your business. Everything you do now is Titans of CNC Academy. Why don't you tell us yeah, kind of what when, that is? When did that
2: switch happen where you're like, I'm not going to be a contract manufacturer, I'm going to create the Next generation of contract manufacturers and machinists.
1: First off, thank you so much for having <laughs> me. What's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, know, oh, so good! So good, T- too yeah, good for one episode. It's, getting, yeah. it's, <laughs> feeling, oh, big, it's feeling good. Yeah, good synergy so good. here. So we got good. lots of
2: time because we're going out to dinner tonight. Yeah. We're having a good it. time together later. So, yeah, it's that's all that's good. Jim's
0: gonna order the wine. Yeah, everyone's oh, gonna man. be happy.
1: Oh man, yeah, Texas, baby. So. Last episode, we talked about just going through 08, 09, uh, the struggles, uh, you know, just trying to save the company and uh, just having a heart for manufacturing, seeing 50,000 companies go out of business. And then all of a sudden, I just came up with the idea to like pull back the curtains, do a TV show and like show manufacturers real process from top level companies so they could learn and actually up their game and traveled for two seasons, traveled all over the nation and went through all the big companies and through that just realized that so many of them were running at 20% of their capabilities. Went to every single college. I'd go to like Detroit and go to Macomb. I'd go to Virginia. You know, I'd go to these different schools and then just see, they're just making a few parts. And like the schools just don't have, they don't have the money for material, good tools and different things. And I saw that there was a problem and then come in, right. Dude,
2: if you buy a sports car. Give it a little recap. Yeah. If you buy a sports car, you don't want to be running that thing in first gear all the time. You know, and that's
1: what you saw. Yeah. You live in the greatest country in the world, and you can be anything that your talent allows you to be, right? And then when you're looking at manufacturing that built this country Mm -hmm. and you look at the colleges and the schools, and they're filled with heroes teaching our kids and our young people and machinists. And yet they don't have sufficient material. They don't have the latest in tooling. There's no true curriculum. Every single teacher has to figure it out for themselves and actually make their own curriculum, which is based off their experiences. And they're not on the cutting edge anymore because they're retired from the industry. Right. Right. So I just saw that problem.
0: what is it? Why is America turning its back on our industry? Why don't we have the resources to make people successful in this industry? What is it? I mean, we know years ago, it was manufacturing is a dirty, old, antiquated. You can't uh, make any money, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's grandpa Joe got his fingers cut off in a punch press and that's all everybody thinks, right? It's not at all like that.
1: Are we just doing curriculum wrong? What I learned is that everybody keeps talking about the skills gap. Right. And they talk about this and they talk about that. It's a little overused. And everything, right? What I learned was there's an awareness gap. There's a training gap. Yep you don't see manufacturing on, on the news. There's no drama to it. Right. right? And a lot of um, jobs did go overseas, but there's a million manufacturers like throughout every city, like you go to any city, like around, there'll be a manufacturing hub next to it with machine shops like running. Right. Mm. But nobody understands that. So when you look at it, you're just like, you know, everybody remembers the old grimy shops and the, uh, Teachers and counselors aren't pushing students to actually do it. But guess what? Behind the scenes, you got companies like SpaceX, where you got massive 250,000 square foot buildings with a rocket, like 180 feet long, and you got a million engineers like that are all 25, 28 years old, and they're changing human spaceflight. But guess what? They don't let the cameras in the door. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. You go to Blue Origin, you go to like all of these different places, you go to Lockheed and Northrop, doctor's offices, crazy manufacturing facilities, like crazy machines, multi million dollar machines running automation. They can outcompete anybody in the world, but nobody sees it.
2: Yeah, we had John from Way of the Mill on the show, like, I don't know, a while ago, and he kind of lifted the curtain away from like his experience at Apple. I mean, no, but you're right. It's so proprietary. Nobody sees exactly. what's going it's back intellectual there.
1: But, the, property. but there's machining
2: going on at these big yep. companies that we need to teach what the cream of the crop are yeah, doing you're in order to ITAR, push everybody you're else. dealing
1: with so yep. many different things, right? And seeing that, that's one of the reasons like coming through 08, 09, I just wanted to helped the industry, created the TV show. And then I realized training was a problem because every single company I'd go to, I would see that it wasn't their fault. They just were on a low level, like we're trying to compete. And right. like based on how much money the company makes, that is going to like contribute to how much money they pay an employee, right? And if you're running low and you're not making good money and you're not paying good money, then the whole industry starts getting this bad name, right? Right. So um, this after the second season of the TV show, I was like, I'm done, man. Like, I'm still making like space parts. I'm still making all these ink and elmo now, all these crazy parts. And I'm actually funding the TV show with that money, along with some of my great partners. Let's right. Let's
0: talk about the TV show just for a quick yep. second, because yeah, yeah. I'm not I, that I had sh- a
3: question too. Yeah. So you might
0: ask it, though. Were you pitched the TV show or was that Thank your brainchild? Was, <laughs> was it something that you pitched to? Discovery Channel, or was it something the Discovery Channel pitched to you? Yeah, because
3: if you didn't listen to the last episode, the Discovery Channel called you, and you thought they wanted to do a show, and they just wanted a part. So how did that become a show?
1: Sometimes you just need the seed, right? (laughs) That's why a lot of times I I show people fixturing in these videos. I show them different things, and as soon as they see it, and they see like oh, this is how he grabbed this part. Then they can duplicate it on their part, right? That's why we do so So, many
3: animations, just to get
0: people to see it. I always knew. It's
1: a visual industry. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. telling you. I I always knew like something was going to happen. And then I had to go through 08 and 09 and go through all of the horrible things to just experience it, right? And then all of a sudden, I had a voice. And then they called me. And I didn't get a show, but the seed was planted And just so happens, I met the right person. I actually made a sizzle reel. That person, Russell, actually still works with me. I actually met somebody else after I had the sizzle reel who introduced me to John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. It was a crazy thing. He, like, met him. He was actually going to help me with the show. Like, he literally taught me a lot and helped me, like, make the sizzle reel better. Better and then he lost his show and he said, "Hey, Titan, you're basically on your own, but like you can have all of the stuff that we did and good luck because I love America and all mm-hmm. that." And then yeah, we took it to MAV TV, owned by Lucas Oil, and uh, Mister Jason Patterson, who works for Blazer Swiss Lube, was the purchaser and he actually purchased my show and actually gave us our <laughs> so show. So created and that's how a, it a happened.
3: treatment or a pilot and yep. just started pitching it out to see if anyone yep. would pick it up.
1: Yeah, we picked it up. And then <laughs> that's great. after two seasons, though, I just felt like I wasn't making a difference because I saw that there was a deeper problem. Awareness was one thing, but then even if you get people into manufacturing, if they're not going to learn on a high end, how are you going to compete? Right. How are you going to make good money? Sure. So I always had this thing kind of like, and then one day it was like a fateful day because all of a sudden I was walking in my office The um, somebody knocked on the door. And then I heard like I could overhear the speaker going and then my office manager was talking to Michael Valdez and he's like, hey, I'm over 35 prisons. We actually have machine shops in the prisons. Um, one in San Quentin has been in chains in years for years now, watching Titan's show, realized he's down the street. Can I talk to him? And I opened the door. What's up, Michael Valdez? And he's like, he told me, he pitched me on the story on the whole machining down there. I went down and just because I'd built a bunch of companies, I walked around and I told him exactly what he needed to do to actually take it to the next level. And he's like, how would we do that? Will you do it? I'm like, can I bring my cameras? He's like, nope. And I went home, I prayed on it. I talked to my wife and I was like, maybe the show, maybe because of my past and that I was in prison, maybe God took me along this path to do the show, to get me to this place, to actually go build a school and change prisons, you know? So I was like, I went back and he's like, nope, you can't bring the camera. So I was willing to walk away from the TV show. And I said, okay, I'll still do it. And then all of a sudden, another phone call happens. Like a day later, Bill Sessa, right under the governor, handles all media for the prisons, calls me up. And he's like, I was reading this story about an industrial titan. And I'm like, we need to get this guy in here. And I realized we just... Told you you can't bring cameras in. What do you want to do? And I'm like, I'm going to build the greatest like school for manufacturing. We're going to bring in CNC machining. We're going to bring in all these different things. It's going to be like, you don't have to pay me anything. We're going to do it. We're going to film it. Then we're going to use that as a template. And we're going to show all schools around the nation that you can actually do this also. So we're going to give them a template. And he said, all right, never done it before. 35 prisons. You have permission to come in. And uh, what do you need? That's and awesome. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fantastic. So cool. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah.
3: So you it's, had to like bring your own crew then because you weren't doing that through math,
1: were you? No. So he gave me permission. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, so we sure. did the third season. It's on Titans of CNC. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's up in uh, Titan TV. You can watch the whole third season. So I, it was the craziest thing. Like there wasn't any like big money or anything. It was me with cameras, with a teacher, a construction teacher, and then inmates and we, I basically spoke to the population. I picked 12 inmates that I felt would actually be good examples and they could help teach future ones. And we basically rebuilt the entire school and brought in everything. And that's when I realized I looked everywhere for curriculum to teach them and there was no curriculum. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, Everybody, right. like everybody, had to figure it out themselves. Right. The people that were trying to make money off it, they weren't updating it. You know what I mean? Right. So right. Like, yeah, yeah. You, it was you, old. You look, it was yeah.
0: antiquated. It was boring. It was hard. It was difficult. Yeah, I get it.
1: And you basically solved all those problems. And I you, mean, and you look at the best. There's no standards or anything for five axis. You know, yeah. like nobody teaches high level things. So at that point, it's I just was like,
3: to kind of create a whole curriculum. You know? gr- print all the books and all that, sure. you know? So it's hard to like keep the it up to date. The advantage today.
0: that we have, we have nowadays, we have video. We have the ability to record and playback and share content really easy, right? Yep. It's at everyone's fingertips. So, and, w- and that's hey, Jason, how And w- Jim does know what the internet is. See, yeah absolutely.
2: So Titan, how did you take these prisoners who knew nothing about CNC machining and you wanted to take them to become full fledged machinists? You knew that the curriculum was broken, they weren't doing it correctly. So what did you do different and how did you really turn that for this community?
1: One thing I'll say is California spends just on education curriculum, five hundred million dollars. This is a fact. On in education in the prison system. Wow. Per year. Wow. And they babysit them. These guys, they're all getting, like, think about it. A lot people criticize me, you know, but these guys, like myself, I got out, right? These guys are getting out. They're going to live. Do you want them to have a career or no career? Right. But they're coming out with no skills. And especially in so machining. And machine education. Yeah.
3: The $500 million is just to create joke activities. This machine,
1: like, I have great respect for manual machining and all that, but it was pretty much all manual machining. Sure. Oh, of course, and, and like when you fight. come out, you're not going to make good money <laughs> to be able to like pay rent and do all these different things. There are some great manual machinists that actually make great money, but if you look at overall, like you just need to go into CNC, yeah. right? So let's, you let's, solve let's be problems. clear,
2: you don't believe in starting off on a manual machine. Let's just say that from the beginning. Oh, lucky like he puts the pressure yeah, on. We'll me. he,
1: he can ask me. I'll tell you. I believe that manufacturing is an art. I believe that every facet of it, from manual machining all the way up through crazy nine-axis machines like my son runs, it's just stunning. I love all of it. My son, Tyson, who has done some of the craziest rocket parts in the world for the biggest companies, and they call him by name, mm-hmm. and he teaches lathe to everybody. He's never been on a manual machine. yeah, And yet, he makes more than six figures. Yeah, so you know a, what I it's mean? It's not yeah. a
3: prerequisite to CNC.
1: It's just a different world. It really isn't. And you can, people say like, well, you don't know the fundamentals and you don't know this. And I'm like, if you actually look at our academy and you actually, when we give you a set of checklists, guess what? We're showing you how to stone a table. We're showing you how to put a vice on. We're showing you how to indicate a vice. We're showing you how to put a stop on and parallels on. We actually take you through the entire process. We show you how to file correctly so we're doing all of that but we're doing it on a cnc machine right, right, right. you know so in this i we taught cnc machining and i took it upon myself like i looked at what i had learned out in the field by schools telling me that they're the stepchild in the principal and they're not the ones getting bragged about you know what i mean and they don't have the money and they have to get donated material so we figured out things like, hey, let's go make all of these parts and we'll design them out of a single one by two piece of bar stock, sixty sixty one. So you buy like 44 inches, you can make 10 parts. Let's, Kenna Metal was a great partner of ours. Let's take 16 tools like key cutters, shell mills, advanced, like Gojo's, advanced tools. Let's put them in a kit and sell them for about 50% what they would normally sell for. So people know, I didn't take a cut out of any of that. And give them a system basically that allows them to make a lot of parts, learn through repetition and learn manufacturing. So built the curriculum ourselves, built a rocket series for lays, um, taught all the inmates. These guys didn't even know the Internet. They didn't never been on a typewriter before, some of them. And we basically wow. on camera live, just not live, but like on camera, showed them go learn a trade, make parts. There's people from that program right there that went on to like, there's one guy, Fernando, and he's on my Facebook page. And if he listens, I love you, Fernando. (laughs) He's at the end. There's a video where they're talking about me and it shows me teaching the inmates and my passion is teaching now. I love, I love it. I love people. And I feel like even though I went to prison, like now I'm qualified to speak to these guys. But Fernando, at the end of this video, he's like tightness for somebody like me. And at that time, with two kids. He never knew he was gonna when he was going to get out and now he's out. He's getting married. He has a new truck and when he came out, he went and got a job at Tesla nice. and it was just such a beautiful story. Well, now Fernando's listening. We'd
3: love to talk
2: to
1: him and yeah. hear about his story. I'm making tips too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. have to
3: send this to him and yeah. tell him we want
0: to talk to him about his story. That'd be awesome. great. Funny so, story about the file. So when my dad <laughs> used to interview machinists in our shop, he'd take him out in the shop. He'd show him what we're doing. Check this out. Check this out. He'd hand him a file. And he'd give him a part and he'd say, here, let me just see you file that part. And he would know right from that point whether that guy was a good, solid machinist or not based on how he was filing a part. And that's honest to God truth. If you have a guy with a file and he's up here in the air, right, with the piece part in the left hand and the file in the right hand and he's in the air filing the part. This guy doesn't know what the heck he's doing, right? That's awesome. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but, well, but
2: now Titan would say it's different. <laughs> what if?
1: What if he actually thinks about the fine details and he actually learns how to program the machine and he goes into every crevice, hole, and cavity and uses lollipop cutters and different cutters to actually deeper everything in the machine so he actually never has to follow anything. Now that would be awesome. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, yes.
3: but they didn't even have those cutters even when have, uh, yeah,
0: Richard Carr yeah. was
3: interviewing these yeah. guys.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Was he smoking a cigarette while he was giving them No, my, you dad, know, never sm- him my dad, dad never smoked.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, great. That
2: so, was you, right? Just had to say
3: that.
1: <laughs> I told you guys when we were, we were over here, like I never knew my family growing up. I owned a machine shop and I learned that both my grandfathers, I know, like, that's cool. after they were both machinists, you know, they come just rich stories, manual machines. I got crazy respect for it. I just choose, like, right now, if I have, like, we literally have 140,000 students online. So if I'm going to teach them, I'm going to teach them to be successful as fast as possible through repetition, and this is the way that I've chosen to go. Design the part, program the part, and make the part.
3: That's a perfect segue to, like, what I'm going to ask you now. You mentioned that you found out way later, way further into your story, that both your grandfathers were machinists, and then you talked about Tyson. And Chris, Chris, yep. any other family members in the business?
1: I mean, my wife used to like run a CNC machine. We're doing like a maker space. And and you said your daughter was making parts. I know she's probably not in the business. So if anybody has like kids, you can actually go to our kids series and then you can actually learn how to actually design parts. Like, there's like a little like dog bone that says my dog Maui that was inspired inspired by my daughter yeah and then there's like a heart there's an autism puzzle piece and it says autism awareness so it's cool because kids get to like make these parts and they learn about it you know and yeah. I have a son who has autism a 10 year old and then Tyson who actually makes crazy parts was diagnosed with Asperger's and um so in some of the videos we lay like, inspire a lot of parents and say hey it's a computer on a CNC machine. And guess what? You're not talking to anybody and you're uh, judged and based on your productivity. And a lot of people who have a medium to high functioning autism do amazing yes. in these trades. Yeah. I yeah, remember I watching agree. a
3: video of yours. You said something about like, I don't like the word disabled when it, when you're talking about those folks. Uniquely it's able, Uniquely able. Yeah. I love that. So a huge percentage of our audience, in fact, Jason, Jim, and myself, we're all family businesses. Three generations
0: of multi-generation manufacturing.
3: It's crazy. We, 60s, 40s, 50s, 30s, different generations, all manufacturing family businesses. And that's really popular in our industry is just family businesses. Especially in Chicago. (laughs) Yes. So you've got your kids involved. You're all about training. How does the family aspect bleed into it? So you're mentoring them as a professional, but you're still dad. So talk about that question,
1: Nick. I think Tyson's a great story, right? Because he he came to live with me when he was 18. Chris was 16 and they came and that's what the shop did. It allowed me to have my kids, right? right? Because I made enough money to bring them up and support them and all that. And um, when he came, like people close to him told me he's never going to drive a car. And they were scared, you know? And yet he came to the shop. I didn't know that much about it about autism and everything and I was like if you're going to live at my house you're going to work at the shop and I'm like go find another job work at McDonald's I don't care mm-hmm. but you're going to work you're going to leave how the house and go work how was he when the, you found out about the diagnosis or whatever He's probably like 7 years old yeah. 8 years old and that's, and that's when they
3: told you never drive that's a car Tyson. and stuff like that Yeah
1: well later you know but um it was just like a hard thing but you know what he had his head down he wouldn't talk to anybody But a few months later, his head started coming up. He started getting better. He started getting his rhythm. He tells the story how he used to fight with me and come to my office saying he didn't want to work there and stuff. But about six months in, he just started getting really good at the machines and he just kicked in gear and uh, he just took off. And 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 then like a year later, like he's talking smack with everybody, you know, and (laughs) everybody loves Tyson. He's the nicest person. Like he gets you a gift. Like he takes so much thought into what would you love, you know uh, what I mean, love yeah. people like and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's just such a good guy. Not just a gift he has a fiance. Walmart or something. He, he owns a house in Texas. He's getting he married. He paid for. He has a fiance. When? when? Uh, I don't know. I'll let you guys ask him that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll have to do it. On yeah. The way yeah.
1: On. So that's awesome. So you said uniquely able, and you
3: mentioned kind of why. Can you just reiterate that again? I think that's just an awesome point.
1: Well, I think that one thing that we've learned is that a lot of people with autism. They're so intelligent and they're so there. Like my son, like they say, you almost put the shelves on, the words are on a shelf. Mm-hmm. So I can tell my son, who isn't completely verbal, he kind of speaks in words and he's getting better, Nathaniel. But I can say, hey, go grab the garbage, go open the door, walk down, go down here. And he, he'll even if he gets busy he'll go and follow through everything he totally understood but then i'll be like i'll hold a fork and i'll be like what's this and he's like pig or something you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and then he'll throw words at you thinking like because and he sees which one sticks and that's what they do they kind of they know what's going on but they just can't speak it there's a disconnect right there you know
0: the brain's the doing its thing, yeah. he's just can't. And aus- there's different can-
1: levels, right? Of course, like, of course there know, is. You know, but th- he just there, can't spit it. He, he just can't, can't get spit it out. out. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. You yeah, have yeah, to yeah. help unlock it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's like the puzzle piece. Like you have to help unlock it, and and then it's all of a like sudden, stutterers, yeah. stutterers
0: are like that too. They know what's going on in their head. They just can't get it out. Elon Musk came out. Right. Yeah. yeah. I knew that.
1: Asperger's. Yes. Right. Yep. You always see he's a little awkward right <laughs> yeah, yeah sure but yeah. how uniquely abled is right. he oh gosh this Smart, guy is on another level yep. you yeah. know imagine
3: being a genius like extremely high iq and then having a photographic memory like you don't forget anything i mean that would make me feel
1: yeah. insanely powerful you know you know what's beautiful about people with autism is that they're so genuine when they speak you know yeah. people have a front and yeah. they'll yeah, look at you sure. everyone's and they'll say what you want them to say yeah But when you speak to somebody with autism, they're going to tell you exactly what they think. And if they love you, it might come out like you're not used to it. Like I walked into this, like there's actually a class uniquely abled and other people put it together. It's an amazing, this guy, Ivan Rosenberg, actually kind of, that was his kind of brainchild. And he invited me down and I, I actually went into this class and like there was all these kids and they were like, I don't mean it like in a bad way, but they were like, little puppy dogs. Like they were all just like, they couldn't even, they were like sitting down, moving around and, and they were like, we love you so much. And like such affection though. Yeah. 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 People don't give that to you until they know you. And then they still don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. So like, it was just, it's, I did this just so freeing to have PC people who the government literally gives you money to babysit your children and keep them at home and then to see them actually learn CNC machining, learn process, gain confidence through it, and actually support themselves. It's an amazing thing. That's an you amazing know? story. It's life-changing, yeah, literally. It's crazy. And it's happening all over. And if you are an owner of a machine shop, I would challenge you. like We have an amazing academy, and these guys can actually go in and learn this. And as they learn it, they can work for you and do such an amazing job, and they will be there for you. How yeah, do they yeah, learn? How yeah, what did I learn? What is it
2: that unlocked Tyson in his mind to be able to be so successful? I know for me, like I've been accused of having having Asperger's before too, but like one of my favorite theologians is has like is on the autism spectrum, and he's just such an intelligent guy. And it seems like he got interested in something and just took it to such a depth that nobody else would, because there becomes such like a I guess, an obsessiveness over that and getting deeper and deeper into whatever that is. And for Tyson, it seems like it's CNC machining. So is, is that what it is? It's just, they just have to find an interest and it unlocks something in their mind and then they get confidence. I mean, like- I'm not gonna make it easy, right? It's yeah. not an easy thing. It's not an easy it's not thing. An easy thing. No, this
1: no, is a but... hard, hard subject. And you were talking about your own children and you mentioned my daughter. Yeah. Just today I went and on the way to work, I went and actually purchased some yellow pet G because she wanted to make a Pokemon, yeah. right? So she's gonna 3D print her own Pokemon, hey, and she's I went. How old? And I what's that? Like hey, she's how old? She's ten. Okay, so Uh-oh. I went and got the yellow. Yeah, because. She's already designed all the building blocks and done all these different things, but every once in a while, I need to like give her something she wants to do that she's proud to hold and that she's happy. That's why the kids series with the dog bone and the different things. So the word autism actually comes from a word that means itself. Okay, Right. And when you have autism, you're, you're very like a lot of them, like. They're getting what they need, right? Mm -hmm. I need to eat. I need, I need this. I want video games. I want whatever and stuff. And you just have to slowly break them out of that. And you got to give them a way forward to actually learn. You you know what I'm saying? It's not an easy thing, but at the same time, if you actually do it in a structured way where you say, if you spend this amount of time doing this and then you wrap it around, maybe a Pokemon or something that they, I would actually enjoy, you know, yeah, I mean, that
3: applies to just parenting in general, like especially uh, if your kids are autistic, but like good parents who absolutely love their kids. My daughter's six right now. Right. By the way, I'm going to put her into the, I didn't even know you had a kid's thing. So That's I'm awesome. going to put her into yeah. that. But she's six. So like if I really want to connect to her when she's six, especially if I want to connect to her when she's 13, 14. Yeah. You got to uh, I got a 15 year old. Yeah. Jason's got a 15. Forget year old. it. You got to figure out. It's not easy. They're not like, oh, hey, dad, you know, we really should spend time together. Right. My no, you got to with them on something gotta, that they like want. Like you did with yeah. the Pokemon. Yeah. I think. That's just being a dad who
2: loves yeah. your kids, man. Right. So. Yeah.
1: 3D printers are getting cheaper and cheaper. Right. right. So they're not a partner. I went in, I bought like a $300 Prusa 3D printer. And then I started like having my daughter design and working. She was excited to being with dad. But then we started making furniture for adults. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you know I mean? we made a bed, you know, and yeah. we started doing different things that she cared about and then she could play with. So at six, maybe, you know, you just have to figure out what's cool. And maybe they're not doing it all the way and yeah. you're making things, but you're like, oh, look at it, we're going to make a little car. We're going to do this or that. And today you can actually go on so many sites that have so many like free downloads that you can just be like, hey, you like Pokemon or you like Cars or you like, yeah. and you can just download them and print them. You know, so is the, it's is, a good way to start. Yeah. yeah,
2: is the kids academy all based on 3D printing, or does it also get it, into the full CNC machining? It does. It's wow. actually
1: based on the Tormox. Okay, so we use the 3D printing and we use the Tormox because, like, they're down at three thousand dollars, so it's okay. affordable. Like this, so a lot of people like. I want to go into names, but you know, I'll say Mike Chico from the president of Fanic He's a friend of mine and he actually went and made like a little maker space for his kid um, print. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And went and did this and they're well, used to the- the,
3: people are changing up education like yeah. you for the industry, but just education for kids in general, exactly. you know, after COVID there's so much of a, a lot of people doing homeschool. Yeah. A lot of people are doing kind of alternative exactly. methods and you're going to learn math. Yeah. You're going to learn art. Like you talked about if just by making a Pokemon, she's not just learning about cartoons.
1: Yeah. People keep talking about STEM and then they have these kind of, Like I've spoken at STEM conferences and I've gone to schools and stuff. And a lot of them are just very simple, but like a 3D printer is, it's just a great way to start. And then, yeah. And then the design is awesome. One of the cool things that SolidWorks did was they actually made an education version of SolidWorks and they put it out for 20 bucks, $20. And you get to like, have like this top of the line, you know, so anybody can learn. And how many parents are in manufacturing and like, you can't like, your kids are into Pokemon or in, and you, there's a disconnect there, right? This allows you, you to build that connection, yeah, build that bridge. Yeah. It allows yeah. them to actually be with their dad or mom, you know, doing something that y- you love also. And there's just this connection. So I think a lot of people like they can find, especially being homeschooled now. Yeah. I think it's, it's a gift.
2: Yeah. I mean, just this is the perfect opportunity to like, Get your kids into the kids' academy, get them interested in manufacturing. And then we got IMTS coming, yeah. you know, September of next year. Bring your kid with. Bring your oh, kid to yeah. Chicago. You really brought that up I mean, times. like, that's what I mean, you I mean, you've inspired me that that's what I'm gonna do. Like, I'm gonna sign Brady up for, you know, the kids' academy and I'm gonna take him you to should. IMTS in, in September. I'm gonna be like, you're gonna learn this. This is gonna replace some of your video game time and we're going to learn how to design. We're going to learn how to, I'm going to buy him a printer and then we're going to go to IMTS in September. Then you're going to see how the big dogs do their manufacturing and and he's going to be inspired by that, you know? And I would suggest other manufacturing leaders out there do the same thing,
1: you know? You've made it simple for us. I started a, it's called Makerspace 7-7. So it's on YouTube. Yeah, I've
2: seen that. Yeah, We
1: took like a break. And we moved yeah. to Texas. so yeah. But we just started like doing it again. And it's something I'm just like, I have a son who has autism. We have this different things. And I have a shop. Shame on me if I don't start doing this again. Yeah. You know, because my son, he might not have other opportunities. So it's like, since we have a machine shop, let's actually teach him this trade and different things. So we're getting back into it. It's exciting. And uh, yeah, I just challenge everybody. Now we're into the academy. I'll just say like, after the prison and teaching, I walked away. I made all of this curriculum and I woke up one morning and I just realized all of these big companies are trying to do media. I'm the only one that has had a for three seasons a show truly on CNC machining. I got terabytes and terabytes of like machining footage. I got the curriculum now. I'm just going to take all of it. I own the show. They didn't pay me enough money. They said, you can, you have ownership, but like, I didn't want ownership. I wanted money, you know, but <laughs> I helped fund it. And so I, I was able to, all of a sudden it was a gift and I took the whole thing, put it online for free and just made this platform that from that time, I don't know, seven years ago, whatever it was, it's just been growing and growing. And now, yeah, we teach kids we teach everybody
2: so what would be your call to action to like the manufacturing leaders out there you know the ceo of a manufacturing company that's saying i can't find good machinists i need to hire people i'm expanding what would be your call to action to get the next generation out there trained
3: that's not like a portion of our audience that that's is all of them. every single yeah. i'm on the road about a third 100%. of the <laughs> every single place i go
2: yeah, to they're saying the same, all the same thing
3: so literally everyone
2: including my shop yeah so how do we create cnc experts
1: so a lot of people look at the academy and they have preconceived ideas and they don't actually truly investigate. When you actually go into the our academy, right? Titans of you can go to Titans of CNC and there's like the regular academy, there's the aerospace academy. Go to the regular academy, read the instructions, go to building blocks and look at it yourself. Watch the tutorials, the setup sheets, the inspection sheets. It's all free. It's all free, and that is the glue right there. So. I challenge all manufacturers, like you want to build culture, then put training, like train your people Like you want to build and lift up your company and you want to advance your technology. You want to run faster and make more money, then put time into training. And it's not a crazy amount of time because you can challenge your workers to actually go on the academy at night for free. Have beyond SOLIDWORKS, beyond MasterCam, learn all of it, design and program their parts. And that's something we do. We have you design it so you know the part intimately. Then we have you program it and then take a machine and dedicate it on a Monday night or a Saturday morning, like companies all over the world do now. And allow them to make those parts. And these they will make those parts. They'll have smiles on their faces to go. Then they go to the next part, the next part, the next part. And then like I said at the beginning of the last one, it becomes a game. And then mm-hmm. when they the, the, as you advance in the five axis and fixturing and all of it, you just keep going up. And it's a game to learn. It's a game to run more efficient. It's a game to take your times down so you can actually make a profit and you challenge your people to actually keep learning to never settle. And they don't have to be the beginning. If you're already on a five axis, let's go more complicated. Let's do harder materials. Let's do greater fixtures and keep challenging. And then as the company makes more money, have a vision with them and show them what the company's capable of, how you are all a team moving forward through advanced education and technology and doing the right thing and having clarity with your company, you can all achieve greatness. And as the company makes money, they will all make money. And that's been my philosophy. From I'm like, it's not going to be an easy job, but we're going to go after greatness. So you said
3: something when we walked in the door and you were giving us the tour and before we got into your shop, looked at your machines. We were looking at some parts, and you said, "I don't care about a piece of paper. Show me what you can make."
1: Absolutely. You know?
3: That's the credibility part. Like you, walk, like you, you, did your whole career. You walked in and said, "I can make that, and I can make it more efficiently and more profit for you." There's still something though to be said about kind of like getting that degree, if you will, or that
1: piece that of paper. certification
3: that yep. says, "Hey, you've achieved this certain level." Do you have anything like that in your academy like where they can basically be certified by
0: Titan that you've reached this level or whatever? Is there a certificate at the end that they can print off yeah, and show their boss? Yeah. It.
1: So we have spent two years on a platform called CNC Expert, and it is amazing. And we're kind of like, we're just finishing touches. I'm not going to put it out until it's... Ready, yeah. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Like Facebook, a machinist goes on there A student, somebody who retired, they actually go on there. They create a profile. They can pick, they can put their picture, put back pictures. They can put their resumes. They can put all the certificates they got from all these different companies, and then they can actually go in and actually all the parts that they actually manufacture, like the building blocks, the rocket, all these different parts, they can actually go in and get certified for it. So they actually go and they design it, they program it, they it uploads into our system, we check it, and we have a way of verifying cool. it, they answer questions and they get a certificate and guess what? I'm an artist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This platform becomes an artist portfolio of their work. Nice. And then the certificate has the picture of the part on it. You can click the part. You can go in. They can attach videos and pictures (laughs) and explain everything. They can put their inspection sheets, the setup sheets. They can tell how they solve problems. And for free, they can put their own parts. If they did an engine block, if they did night vision goggles, whatever they did, they can put whatever they're allowed to show. They can actually put it up. And guess what? And I can say this. SpaceX calls me. Blue calls me biggest companies in the world have been calling Titan. How do we, you got 140,000 students and other people, like, how do we get these workers? And I'm like, I can't vouch for them, but I've created this system that we're going to come out with. And you can go in there and basically judge them based on what the Parts I mean, and even how nice they made it
3: pre-qualified and yeah, then a piece of paper yeah, that says i worked them. at this shop and i ran this machine i and, mean and how long wow. would it take for somebody
2: starting from the beginning of the academy to become a cnc expert <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> i think you learn your whole life but you have okay. to have something totally you're, you're, agree you're, with dream, you're dreaming of i'm not going to go to a customer and i'm going to say hey i've fought my whole life to be mediocre okay yeah i'm going to um, walk in and I'm going to say, I'm going to dedicate myself to making your parts absolutely perfect. We're going to hit every single tolerance. And I, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's the attitude of it. So when it comes to CNC expert, I would say that parts, there's so many levels. And right. that's something that I've really, like, people don't understand. Like, that's what I've really tried to do here in the industry, even our aerospace academy. It's like, let's show you building blocks, let's show you five axes, let's show you all these, and let's show you something so grand you've never seen it. But the guys on that level, yeah, they've seen it. And they know it's legit. And then you're dealing with Monell and A286 and these different things. Because it's important for our industry to see, and people say, oh, nobody makes that." No, they do. But you need to see how vast it is. And when you see how vast it is, you realize that when you look at the way people are being taught now, it is so far down how does a company build a manufacturing base when they're not training their people to the level they need to
0: okay yeah? i can articulate a little bit on that because i i do have a shop and to answer your question for titan jason there is so much there's so many levels and layers and years of experience like how would an apprentice machinist an, a green machinist ever know Why do you use a bottom tap? When do you use a spiral flute tap? Do you increase the diameter of the minor tapped hole when you're working on hard material? These are all things that you learn in your day-to-day. You're going to break a tap. You're going to bottom it out. You're going to make mistakes. That's how you learn. But it does not come overnight because it all depends on the kind of shop you're working at. If you're working in a machine shop that's doing high-end aerospace parts, you're going to learn the need, the necessity to machine that type of material. If you're working in a shop that's all gray cast iron, you're going to be an expert in machining gray cast iron, right? And fixturing. If you're working in a machine shop that's doing all titanium, you're going to know and you're going to have a really great expert knowledge of how to machine in titanium, right? And th- those type of things, those skills, just do not come overnight. No matter how many videos you learn, right? Or watch. Well, I don't
1: know. I might argue with I, you. I, Guess what? But no. you want
0: to feel it. You want to put the metal in there. You want to take the cut. You want to figure the feed rate. You want to figure the chip chip Jim, tube. let
2: me see if I can rephrase this and okay. like kind of draw the contrast between because I think you and Titan have different. Um,
0: well, I think like, we're you come totally from totally th- aligned.
2: No, you come from different perspectives. So, Jim, you learned by doing it and making mistakes right. and then learning how to do it better. I, did. I think what Titan's trying to say is let's do the basics and let's repeat them and perfect them before
1: we move on to the next thing. Every single part, you make it a little bit more complicated. The right. first right. part on the building blocks, you're doing pocketing, you're profiling, you're putting 1032. I, okay. yeah, the right. next part, you're doing open pockets, you're doing quarter 20s. You know what I mean? Right. And then think- you're engraving, you're doing islands, you're bringing key cutters. But guess what? Yes. You know what the great thing is? What? People follow for years the YouTube channel. I think we have like about three hundred thousand subscribers. but We have millions of people that actually watch it. Not everybody's subscribed, right? Sure. But there's videos on tapping and bottom everything you just mentioned. Bottom tapping. There's like why you don't actually tap titanium and ink. You know, and I talk about experiences on like how why I went to thread milling and how expensive the. So the people like there's people so many guys out there that are like YouTube taught and they take what they have learned into their own shops and they actually listen i tell them how to get customers i tell them how to like do the work and we show them intimately and i think that's the difference between like where we are and where everybody else is like there's so many anybody who's out there teaching the trade is amazing we just because we came from aerospace and tv and all of it we just came with a different objective not to build a name not to build a shop. We already had it. We came to teach the trade on a high level and to be a resource for teachers and students and machinists and shop owners. You know what I mean? So every video, like all week, every year, year after year, we're teaching on, Hey, this is Inconel. All right. And Inconel has chromium at 58%. It's like D- right? D2 has a high level of chrome in it too, right? Nickel at 58%, then it has chromium. And then we go to Monel, and we're explaining how Monel has copper, nickel, and copper, and then it's up. And we systematically like teach how to actually cut it, A286, and just is into... It a, is it so, a low surface feed and a high feed rate, or is it just the opposite? Yeah, we teach all of it. Right. And then we teach like how to actually just advance... You guys are running like at 175 surface foot for titanium. Right. We're gonna show you how to go four hundred and fifty surface foot, but we're gonna drop the tools, take a small radio. We're gonna the MRR is gonna go through the roof. And guess what? I'm actually going to do it for seven hours. I'm gonna show you that. I'm gonna show you that, you know? So All Right.
3: well when Jason asked you how long until someone can be a CNC expert and like achieve that certification at the end of your curriculum, and you were like, you didn't answer really because I think the apprenticeship programs I'm used to, it's like, you got to log this many hours on mills, this many hours on lathes and whatever. But it's, it's like, what are you doing in those hours? Did you run the same part on the same machine for 2000 hours? How much did you really learn in comparison to a program like Titans, where it's every step builds on itself? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's a more productive 2000 hours? Obviously, the one where you're learning builds on learning, which builds on learning and you get better faster. That's what I'm getting out of your system. It's you're
1: getting better faster. Faster. Instead of you're making a part in the first three days, like you design it, you program it, you run it. And then do you know how to do it? No. But then you do another one and you do the next part and the next part, you realize this process. Then you start picking it up on your own. And then you go into fixturing five axis and everything. Like the question on CNC Expert it's all relative to based on who you are and what you're looking for. If I'm at a big aerospace company and I'm making a whole bunch of crazy parts, right? Then I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna try to hire somebody. And if they actually come in and actually do the parts on our Aerospace Academy and they do those ISO grids and I look at all the deburring and it's perfect, the threads are perfect, everything is perfect, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm gonna look at them and I'm gonna be like, you've done all of these parts, Absolutely perfect. To me, you're an expert. Like I'm going to hire you and you're going to solve my problem.
3: That makes sense. So the Academy is amazing. Thank you for creating it. I love the fact that there's a certification. I'm going to get my kid into the kids program. It's great. And the media, you've created so much media. Your marketing philosophy is something I really align with. It's something I want to talk about, but we try to keep these episodes relatively short and I think we should do one more.
1: I just want to thank you guys for coming to the shop coming out of Texas and uh, yeah, welcome, thank you man. for what you guys are doing Pleasure. for the industry because you guys are out there like spreading that word and helping people and stuff so amazing yeah, it's important absolutely
3: and we're in Texas not California and I want to talk about that on the next one so right, we're going to do, do that,
1: that. boom
0: and many of them are at makingchips.com.